Greetings program. Hello and welcome to Tronologically Speaking, a movie by minute podcast talking about Disney's 1982 movie Tron. This is Minute 24. I'm your host, Duncan Shields, and with me today is my deep, layered, beguiling, magnetic co-host, Andrew Lindy. Welcome, Andrew. Hello. How's it going? Good. A little tired today. Yeah. Well, and then this this minute, you mentioned it in, in our, our last minute together that there, some minutes are thin, and I think this will be this is our thinnest minute. <laughs> it's yeah, it might be, it might be, it might very well be. Uh, okay, so what happens in this minute? Um, Dillinger and Doctor Walter Gibbs are having a passionate talk across Dillinger's frankly ridiculous desk. Yeah. Uh, so Doctor Walter Gibbs talks about how it's frustrating to not have access to their programs, and this goes to an earlier point that a guest was making about terminal computing. Hmm. Like in this movie, it's like if you don't have a connection, you're out. Mm-hmm. Just sort of like the internet in a way. Like if you have a computer that's not connected to the, then you can't really do anything. Yeah, we. I I, I kind of had something like that when I was in college. So I worked on the on various different school publications, and we had a central server that we had to save all of our files onto. Okay. And but then if if so. You know, I was a page editor. If I was looking at someone's page, if I had to open it from the main file, they could not open it because I had it open. Yeah, sure. It was, it was that kind of idea of, of like everyone's accessing it on their computer from a different computer. It was on like a very secure server. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but everyone, you know, they could get to it, but only if no one else was opening it at the same time. So, I, yeah, I imagine it's kind of like that where we had sometimes uh, we had issues with... um I don't know if it was directly internet or if it was the cables. We had issues where we couldn't access stuff and we had to go to the main computer to access it. It was, it, it turned into a lot of hassle. So I really, I sympathize with what, uh, what Dr. Gibbs is saying here. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Right. Yeah. Like the series of tubes. I remember that the series of tubes, yeah. the internet. What is that guy said? Uh, the internet is not a truck. It's a series <laughs> of tubes. That's a, that Senator. A senator from a ways back. Yeah, so, I mean, that's why you have a cent- when you have a central database like that, that can help. Like, what if somebody opens up a Word document and then doesn't close it and yep. then goes home for Thanksgiving or something? Oh, yeah. We, you know, we had a like, lot of, you know, it was just, it was kind of like a, not a big office, but it, like people would shout across like, do you have that page open? Sure. <laughs> close that page so I can look at it. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Yeah, like it has benefits, but then it can end up hindering the workflow process mm-hmm. too. Like with like like it's doing right here in the movie. Like he can't even like I would like to know how many people have a group seven access. Well, I mean the floor like the floor that Alan Alan Bradley works on is massive. It's got that huge maze. Is that a camera trick or is that just they have a painted background to make it look like there's five hundred cubicles going on forever? Yeah, it's a, it's a matte painting. Yeah. So it's it, it I mean it reminds me of um that uh did you ever see that movie The Apartment from like 1960? Yeah. 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 Billy Wilder. In, in, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and that they have uh, a camera trick where they show the desks of the accountants going on and on forever, but it's really just they're getting smaller. It's a forced perspective and they have child actors in the back in in suits. Yeah. And that came up when we were talking about this scene in the uh in the earlier minute where it has yeah. that shot. That's it's it's a great movie, um, but it's, it's a wonderful film. Yeah, 
But I, yeah, I can't imagine that all those different people in those cubicles have Group 7 access. That's the question, right? Like, I don't know. Game companies can get pretty big, but I imagine this is just the star programmers that have Mm. Group 7 access, which sort of leads me to believe that there's an aspect of hierarchy to the numbers, but but I don't don't know for sure. Mm -hmm. Like, they would need Group 7 access to work on the project. Yeah. Like, I assume that everybody on the floor is on the same project. Like, you wouldn't want... I suppose you could do that. Like I've worked on in-games companies where there's a few different games being worked on and are usually in different rooms. Mm-hmm. You wouldn't want but, but, you wouldn't want you wouldn't have somebody working on two people working on yeah. different games. But, right but then I mean, other. you see the the Encom building and it's huge. So they yeah, could, it's huge. Yeah, they could easily have a floor a floor per project kind of situation. I would assume that everybody on the same floor is Al and Bradley has the same access. But maybe there's like, yeah, because like when he's typing it in there, he says group seven access highest priority. Mm-hmm. So maybe there's level of priority within group seven access. I like that. Uh, I like that Dillinger responds with because <laughs> he was so condescending to Alan. But now he's talking to Dr. Walter Gibbs. Mm-hmm. So he's trying to pal around with him. You know, he's a little yeah. lighter. You know, Dillinger's like. Uh, I've got data from the MCP that says there's something screwy going on around here. But I just, I love, I just love that he says screwy. Like, there's something screwy going on around here. Like, like suddenly he's talking to his old pal Walter Gibbs, you know, mm-hmm. and he's not like, he's trying not to be like uh, demeaning. He's trying to be a bit more like friendly to this guy because he's got more power, or more more power in the company. I I also wonder if it's he's trying to kind of obscure the power of the mcp yeah that dr gibbs doesn't know that the mcp is is has this overreach where yeah. it can do all these different things and where it's picking up all these programs kind of illegally uh and so he just he doesn't want to say specifically like oh yeah the mcp told me with its ai voice activation <laughs> <laughs> uh that it you know that it knows that there's a, a program here that feels like flynn like that is, yeah. you know, when the computer says that to him, it's like, it, it feels like him. That's yeah. such a, that's above and beyond what we would expect from an AI. Yeah, for sure. That's a really spooky thing for a computer to say. Like, what do you mean by feels? You know, yeah. like, it's like machine. So he just, I, I always took the screwy to be like, he didn't want to reveal to Gibbs that uh, everything that the MCP is doing. Yeah. And I like think my little, like my little MCP program says that something's wrong. But it's not yeah. complex, and it's definitely not running everything or stealing anything. <laughs> it's definitely not in control of me. <laughs> yeah, I'm not. I'm not its puppet. You yeah, know, it's the other way around. Uh huh. And that's yeah, like, think... but then Doctor Walter Gibbs says, "Well, the MCP. That's that, that's half the problem right there. Like he's uh-huh. bang on the money right away. Like right away, he's like, like no, the MCP is the problem, and that's very much that's totally true. I love that he just like." He knows what's going on right away, or suspects it. He accidentally says the exact like the truth of what's going on. Well, I I kind of wonder if this this little back and forth moment between Gibbs and and Dillinger uh, about where they're kind of arguing about the MCP, if that's supposed to read as like Doctor Gibbs thinks that the most important thing about computers is humans, yeah, and Dillinger sees the most important thing about computers is computers, yeah, very much so. This is almost like. The way it's set up, it's almost like God and the devil having a discussion. Yeah, yeah, kind of. Like Steve Jobs and and Wozniak. 
you know, having a, having a, having a discussion or this is a very, like, this is the philosophical, this is the central philosophical debate of the movie. And it's also the debate of like what's happening right now, because like Google arguably has a monopoly right now, Mm -hmm. right? Google is 100% user requests. Mm-hmm. that's a search engine right there and a tailor if it tailors its results you get funneled and we get fed different information so we're kind of being controlled by a search engine that we use and you can't search without relying on a search engine so google owns a whole internet bringing all the data back to the central database it's like a wild west internet with a god mm-hmm. search engine so why would i want them yeah Maybe there'd be like ten search engines, like Ask Jeeves or well, Yahoo Alta, or Alta Bing. Vista. <laughs> Alta Vista. <laughs> yeah. So to me, I sort of see like the MCP is a metaphor for Google or for any giant corporation that's going to have that much power over information. Well, I also wondered. I I I didn't check the timeline to see if this made any sense. The, the the reference that Dr. Gibbs started this company in his garage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is is that meant to be a direct call onto, like, Apple? I think it's a direct call out to Apple, and I think it's a direct call out to lots of Silicon Valley yeah. corporations because be- a because lot of them started in their garages. The, it's kind of interesting because um, the, the kind of history between... Well, because Steve, Steve Jobs was, um, like, an early investor or some he he did something with pixar before it was pixar yeah you know before it's what we know today as as pixar so it's kind of like this weird thing that disney has this moment in tron about a creator who's losing control of his company yeah and it's you know it's it's this weird meta layer of like disney saying something before it was even a thing uh, very and much they, so yeah oh, kind yeah. of and it's a Disney movie too. <laughs> yeah, D- Disney. You know, Disney made Tron, yeah. and there's a commentary in Tron about uh, someone who started their company and lost control of it, and that's kind of like Disney comes in and does that now, where they take you know people's things that they made and turn it into their own things. Yeah, especially these days with all the properties that it has, it's basically half of Hollywood. Yeah, like talk about a monopoly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they're like. They're like the the Nestle of entertainment now. Oh, you can't God. you can't avoid them. I, that's a I horrible remember, comparison. No, no, that's pretty good because I it doesn't Nestle. They but they have a water company too, and that always yeah. freaks me out. I'm like, why do they have a water? That's, that's I don't remember what brand it is, I've, but it's like why? I think I think it's Ugh. I think it's evident that the guy in charge is like water is not a Ugh. basic human right and you're like uh oh you're in charge of the nestle water division yeah. that's uh that's terrifying <laughs> speaking of tank girl oh god yeah <laughs> that whole thing and dillinger comes back hard at walter gibbs talking about how the mcp mcp is super efficient at doing what he does mm-hmm. he can't sit there worrying about every worry uh, user request that comes their way and humans can't handle the level of user requests that mm-hmm. come at them. And I get that because like YouTube must get like a million user requests a day. Like how could you hire people to field those requests? You need a, you need some sort of filter. You know, you, you ever tried to get in touch with the people that run uh, YouTube, you know, you like, yeah, you and an army of other people are currently trying to get in touch with them. Like there's no way to field mm-hmm. all the user requests that must come in from such huge 
you know, websites like that. So, you know, you have to like sort of like a, make an MCP mm-hmm. to just, well, that, just navigate it all. That That's what, um, I mean, that kind of ties into a, a thing that I, I, I was hearing about recently with the way that YouTube um, handles uh, like demonetization. With with YouTube, this thing I was reading about the demonetization of YouTube videos. Yeah. So what they what YouTube says is that they don't have a blacklist of terms. They don't have a list of terms that get your get you automatically demonetized. Yet they have an AI that has a list of terms that automatically get you demonetized because YouTube right. says yeah. they're not making the list. Their AI is. They have that layer of separation. They claim yeah. that that makes them not responsible for it. They're not culpable, yeah. They're like, oh, we can't tweak the AI because that would be, you know, um, not honest if we change the way that the But they do tweak the AI constantly. So Yeah, they're... but then, like, it's how do they rectify mistakes? Mm-hmm. If your channel gets demonetized, who do you cry to? Yeah. Who do you get in touch with? Because, like, you can't reach anybody. There's no one to reach. Yeah. So it can take I... six months of mm-hmm. you losing eight thousand dollars yep. a week yeah so, so i i think that's the that's the same idea here with the mcp that that dillinger is saying you know i can't personally field all of these user requests but i've got this ai that's doing it for me and Gib, gibbs gibbs doesn't like that <laughs> and i remember there was a thing with live journal where they deleted a whole bunch of pages that had listed pedophilia as an interest and they were like, oh, we got to get rid of those pages. But they also got rid of a bunch of people that were like survivors of sexual abuse that had found each other to talk about it. Oh. And it's like, oh, well, shoot. So I wonder if there's probably lots of stuff like mm. that happening on YouTube where they've got, if they've got an AI just willy-nilly demonetizing people here and there, here and there. Like, So I don't know. I hope that gets better over time. There was What I was reading and what I, I saw was that someone had come up with a way to test every word and so they had the a running list of words okay that the that the AI didn't like so people could look out and not use those words but unfortunately some of those words are like names of countries like iceland or something and then what uh also just like very you know if you just put like lesbian gay queer anything like that in your title you're just demonetized automatically oh geez so yeah, there, it's it's really you know, and and of course YouTube is trying to act like they're on the side of the creators, and yet they won't help the creators out. They won't tell them how to play by their rules. They you know they they just you know profit off of them and and let them flounder. Yeah, yeah, it's not yeah. it's not going well right now. But they've got that uh, they've got that monopoly. Right? Yeah, it's the it's the Google, it's the Google, yeah. and then Dillinger responds, doing our business is what computers are for, which is uh, a valid mm-hmm. point, I guess. If you have 700 people asking the same question, do you want to give them the same answer without wasting a whole bunch of hours of people time? Mm-hmm. So how do you do that? Well, the response program needs to get pretty complex pretty quickly. So that's kind of what we were talking about there. Like if you if you created an AI to demonetize these channels, how do you create an AI to answer the questions of disgruntled customers and see like, who do you bring your case to? Yeah. You know, because if you've demonetized 80,000 channels and 20,000 of them are like, um, that was in error. Yeah. 
where then then a human has to review that error. Yeah, that's the only way. And that's like okay, <laughs> oh you know <laughs> yeah. So let's see here. There's a quick insert shot of the back door of Encom as the van carrying Flynn, Doctor Laura Baines, and Alan pulls up. Oh, you and know what then... I what I like about this shot is that you can see the mark on the floor where that door opens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It w- was that. Do you know if that was a like an actual research facility or was that a, a set? Yeah, it that is. makes sense because that mark on the floor. They, I don't think they would think to make that if it was just a set. No, I like that little that little detail. Yeah, that 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 bonkers door is an actual door. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they have like my co-host for the next minute specifically requested that minute because he wants to talk about that door because that door is oh. burned into his <laughs> burned into his brain. Yeah. And then we get some more uh, Wendy Carlos's sweet sweet music as the uh, as the music piece known as Break In mm-hmm. starts up. Diddly doop, that kind of suspense music. <laughs> yeah, and uh, and I think Wendy Carlos is great. She's. Uh, she, I'm convinced that her input is half of how great this mm-hmm. movie is and half of how great the uh, legacy is. Like this, one of the problems with a lot of these movies is the soundtrack, mm-hmm. right? Like Lady Hawk. Like is it, Lady Hawk is a fantastic movie, but any time a fight scene starts up in Lady Hawk, it's just like do 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 do. It's just this awful, awful soundtrack, yeah. and it dates the movie and it ruins the action. Mm-hmm. And I prefer it just had something orchestral, but Tron has this timeless soundtrack. You've got this, you've got this beautiful soundtrack that really, like, I don't know, it just doesn't sound eighties to me. It just sounds of the movie, like it, it helps. There, there are some uh, moments that I noticed uh, watching the entire film. There are some moments in the soundtrack where I was like, "Oh, that's very Star Wars esque." Yeah, it's kind of a yeah, which I think that leads to that's a timeless sound. Like you're saying. Yeah, for sure, right? Yeah. And then, like, Dillinger says to Walter Gibbs, Encom isn't the business you started in your garage anymore. And that's like a, that's a direct nod to, uh, to, what's it, to, mm-hmm. to Apple starting in the garage of Steve Jobs' parents' place in 1976. So Wozniak is credited with wanting to give away all of the Apple stuff. Yeah. He just wanted to give it all away. And Steve Jobs was the one that said, no, let's sell it. So I sort of see them as a Wozniak-Jobs conversation mm-hmm. happening here as well. Um, I had this stray note that I took um, that Dr. Gibbs, the way he looks, this I mean, this this is just the way this actor looks. I, he looks like Bruce Dern. Now. Ah, sure. Yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah he and does. I, that I really, can totally see that. That really fascinated me. Because I, I really enjoy, you know, Bruce Dern, his performances throughout his career. Uh, but I think uh, I was really taken by Nebraska. I don't know if you ever saw Nebraska. I never got it. I never got around to seeing it. But So Bruce Dern is so good in Nebraska. And he's he's really just very playing just a very basic character. Um, but I, I think it's it's his career led up to that moment that allowed him to play that. And he just is such a, a strong actor. Yeah, and he well, has a very distinct look. One movie I saw. Did you ever see uh, Jim Carrey do his Bruce Dern impression? Oh my God, no! That sounds you gotta, amazing. You look that up because he nails it. But I've never seen anybody do a Bruce Dern impression, so mm-hmm. you should check that out. The one I saw recently was uh, Lucky with Harry Dean Stanton. Oh, mm-hmm. 
which was like his final movie. I think it yeah. was called Lucky. Well, then Dillinger says that they're opening accounts in 30 countries, new defense systems, one of the most sophisticated pieces of equipment in existence. And uh, did you ever see Network? Network? Yeah. Yeah. That was one of those movies. I love, I love that movie. Yeah. That was one of those movies that you're talking about where like, I'd heard about it for 20 years and I knew the famous clip of I'm mad as hell and I'm not going to take it anymore, but mm-hmm. I hadn't seen the movie until like probably about 10 years ago. And Ned mm-hmm. Beatty has that amazing monologue about currency. Oh. Yeah. Right? How nations don't exist anymore. Only currency is important and the language of corporations. And that's the language of income. Mm-hmm. Like, what does he say? He says, there is no democracy. There is no America. There is only IBM, ITT, and AT&T, DuPont, Dow, Union, Carbide, Textiles. These are the nations of the world. What do you think the Russians talk about in their councils of state? Karl Marx? And he just, like, (laughs) talks about how, you know, like... That's that's what Encom is is about too. It's this massive corporation, and the MCPs getting into it. I just I don't know. I really like that so much of this movie is prophetic, but also speaking to the '80s specifically, yeah. and also speaking to stuff that's happening right now. That's why I want them to make another Tron movie so they can sort of address all the computer issues that we're experiencing right now through that, like through that lens, you know. Mm-hmm. Because Network was like 1976, and it's yeah. still so appropriate. Oh, my God. Yeah. Um, there was a thing that I read about it recently that uh, George Clooney, for some reason, in the mid to early 2000s, was was doing some research on Network because he wanted to make like a live on TV version of it or something. Oh, okay. And so he showed it to young people at the time. Right. And their reaction was that they just didn't get the satire because to them that's how media is now i heard that at the time the movie was almost treated as an absurd comedy like a like an absurd black comedy like nothing can possibly turn out like that like Mm -hmm. this was all a hyperbolic warning of the time by like people that were in a panic about the entertainment industry but it all came true yeah (laughs) you know like you watch it now and you're like oh that's uh you know this is this isn't like a bizarre state of affairs. This is accurate to mm-hmm. what is happening like right now. You know, like yeah. people getting outraged about the system get televised, yep. you know? Yeah, yeah. Give us some more of that outrage about the system, man. Mm-hmm. Do it. Have your own <laughs> show. You know, like, yeah. oh, no, you're being absorbed. You're being commodified. How do you fight back, right? Well, anyway, Dr. Walter Gibbs expresses that sometimes he wishes he were back in that garage. Now, now this conflict this is the epitome of the conflict at the heart of most internet companies run the downslope of where the mm-hmm. internet was a wild west but it's all been appropriated and consolidated and walled off like i the, wanted to talk like the about the um go ahead the desk we haven't really talked yeah. about the desk there there is this interesting thing that happens with um dillinger's desk is that i believe when he's talking, when he's saying to Gibbs, we're building accounts in 30 different countries, new defense systems, the desk is showing images yeah. of what he's talking about. Yeah. Now, is this meant to be the MCP is hearing him say this and is like drawing up these like, oh, uh, let me have some visual aid to help you out. You know, going into the differences between the novel and the screenplay and the screenplay 
this is an artifact from the screenplay because as Dillinger's talking about all of Income's properties, he's mm. typing on his desk. Oh. And he's bringing these images up. Like, mm. oh, oh, look at this and this and this and this. It says, uh, he types onto his console keyboard, making a series of images come up on his disk. Computer banks, rows of magnetic disks, NCOMS, Globe logo, millions of canceled checks, 3D representations of aircraft carriers and solar sailors, their investments and accounts receivable and assets. They all come up. They all shuffle through in a slideshow on his desk. So this mm. is a a callback to that scene, except that he's not he, he's not touching his desk. It's almost like the MCP is just hearing him and providing a slideshow off the cuff, which is pretty impressive. Yeah, but that it's 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 yeah. That little film took like a week to make. Oh wow! And then they had to like pipe it in through an optical feed onto the. Uh, like they just had, they just had to make that short film and then project it from underneath the desk up onto the top of the desk. Oh my god! <laughs> so much work for two seconds in a movie that you can barely even see. That yeah, that desk would be like super possible to make right now, and it would be pretty interesting to have. But back then, it was complete fiction, and it was all made with you know primitive at the time 1982 trickery. Like it's just yeah. a big plywood thing, and it's hollow. But a lot of space underneath it for people to shine the lights up underneath it, you <laughs> yeah. know. But I think Eddie, everybody that saw this movie really wanted to have that desk. I know, I know, I did. I was like, oh my gosh, I would love to have that desk. Well, it has like a. It's I I I don't know if we see him actually use it as a touch screen. Do do we? Yeah, he calls him. Okay, he calls up the keyboard on it is a touch screen keyboard. Oh, okay, it just yeah, comes up as an image. That's pretty cool. It's got huge lag on it though. <laughs> like he types he like rattles something off and the letters come up like tick 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 on the screen so I was like oh well uh, not too good in that respect I, I want to say as a final thing of this minute though is one of the sad things about when you cut up a movie minute by minute sometimes the cut lands right in the middle of a good yeah. back and forth <laughs> yeah. this you, is a sweet back and forth yeah. it's a shame you yeah. end this minute with you know, Doctor Gibbs saying, "I wish I was back." In, sometimes I wish I was back in that garage, and I'm not going to spoil it. But in the next minute, oh, you get a good, a good thing that Dillinger says to him, and it's like, oh my god, a yeah. great gut punch, you know, great gut punch return. Like looking forward to getting into that. David Warner is so good in this movie. Everybody, mm-hmm. right on. Well, that's nice when a minute wraps up, but it's a it's a shame when it cuts off halfway through a sentence or something like that. But. Yeah. Ah, oh, well, we'll get the other half next time. And that takes us to the end of the minute. But great talking to you, Andrew. Yes, this We've is... had a few uh, technical difficulties this time around, but uh, but it's been a lot of fun. I, I, I mean, I love talking about Tron, so this was a delight for me. <laughs> excellent, excellent. Uh, do you want to talk a little bit about where people can find you again? Uh, yes, so I host a Movies by Minute podcast called Dunstan Checks Men, uh, where we break down minute by minute the 1996 ape film Dunstan Checks In, uh, and we pair each of those minutes with another feature film. Uh, it's just our gimmick. It's it's fun. Uh, please check it out. It's available on uh, at, you know any podcast app that you can search for it on, uh, or at benviewnetwork.com slash Dunstan Checks Min. Uh, no, it's just Dunstan. <laughs> it's benviewnetwork.com slash Dunstan. Wow, I've I've said it twice already, and now this is the time that I screwed up. Uh, and then I host another show called Nothing New, a remake podcast, where every month my co-host and I talk about film remakes, because, uh, you know, Hollywood 
they've run out of ideas. So there's a lot of remakes coming out or a lot of films based on uh, the same property or something like that. Uh, and uh, you can find that at benviewnetwork.com slash nothing new. Uh, and then another show that I host uh, with uh, five friends, we get together, we talk about movies that people say you should see. Uh, and it's called It's On My List. You can find that at itsonmylistpod.com. Uh, check check all those out. And you can find me on Twitter and Instagram, uh, Podcaster Andrew. Excellent. I got to check those out. Because, like, Network is one of those movies. Like, 20 years, people are like, you got to see this movie. Oh, uh, yeah, man, maybe I should. Yeah, you know, I, I will say, wow. at the yeah. time... At the time we're recording this episode, uh, we are about to record our network episode. So oh, no that, kidding. That that will be out probably around the time that this comes out. I don't know. Yeah, excellent. Cool. Yeah. All uh, right. Well, it'll it'll probably be out by then. So, yeah. Excellent. Check, check that out. <laughs> Go check out the network episode. And if you want to get in touch with us, uh, check out more at TronologicallySpeaking.com. Drop us a line on Twitter at TronologicallySpeaking or send us an email at TronologicallySpeaking at gmail.com or join us on Facebook at the TronologicallySpeaking movie by minute by minute listeners page shout out to pond five and as always go over to movies by minutes.com see if your favorite movie is there check out the star wars minute the start of it all and consider doing one yourself if you want to it's a very friendly community that'll help you out with all of your frequently asked questions they're a good crew do you want to try uh, you want to say end of line on three yeah all right one two three End of life.